Welcome to the Hebrew Magic Podcast. My <laughs> name is Nelson. <laughs> so that's an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the Homebrew Magic Podcast. Yes. Uh, Today's uh, episode Courtney- brought to you by Nelson's fat fingers who can't <laughs> type on a phone. That one was actually autocorrect. Oh, okay. <laughs> we are still the Homebrew Magic Podcast. Uh, and this is Nelson. And tonight I am with Schnell. Teach is not here. So how are you doing, Schnell? Uh, yes, Teach had daughter issues and I... <laughs> I am delving into uh, a, a rum and coke that <laughs> I don't drink very often. Normally, I drink beers, uh, but I was out of beer today, and we were playing EDH, a couple of games. Yeah. I made my beverage way too strong, and two games in, losing both of them, Tej beat us with uh, Infect on the last one, and what was his commander? Corvold. Uh, Corvold. Corvold. Corvold beat... Uh, dinosaurs and other lizards? What uh, yeah, I played my Bolas deck, yep. Bolas, yes, yes, yes. So, I am, I'm gonna, you know, full disclaimer, I'm a little bit buzzed right now. And <laughs> Ride I'm that coming, buzz. Yeah, and I'm coming off an 0-2 streak for EDH, because Tej is a better deck builder than either of us are. I'm going to admit that while he's not here, Yeah. because yeah. Yeah. Tej spends his time trying to be good, I spend my time trying to be buzzed and having fun which is why i have <laughs> shitty weird decks um my 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 dinosaur deck is very very explosive but the yes. difference between my deck construction and Tej's deck construction Tej will find lots of really good cards to go with his theme he will focus on a good balance of answers and ramp and synergy I built my entire dinosaur deck the night of the Ixalan pre-release after scavenging for every single dinosaur in the first Ixalan set. I built the EDH deck. I had my trade binder with me. (laughs) I threw in some very expensive mana rocks. I had sneak attack and other, you know, good things. I had, uh, I've got Day of Judgment, Wrath of God, because the theme was dinosaurs and extinction. I love sneak attack in that deck, by the way. To yeah. sneak out dinosaurs oh my for God. one red mana. Just a dinosaur. and the, Well, but with Gashath as the commander, I'm sneaking dinosaurs out. True, true. The, the issue we have, or the issue I have as a deck builder, is I have not touched or updated that deck since the first Ixalan. So Rivals of Ixalan brought us a lot of cool new dinosaurs. Haven't put a single one in that deck yet. Yeah, like <laughs> with all the Enraged Just... stuff you have, Polyraptor would be great in that deck. Oh, God, yeah. And that's one of the things, that's why I like our new uh, episode formatting. I'm going to stop playing with this paper because my mic's picking it up. And I'm fidgeting. (laughs) Because, as my wife says, when I've been drinking, I get handsy. And I have to. (laughs) She's usually, you know, yelling at me for that. But it's endearing. It's endearing. It is. It is. Um, No. So... I I and I know some other players out there have the exact same mentality. Once you sleeve up a deck, that's your deck. You're done with it. You've sleeved it. And I'm I like our new formatting because we are taking decks and we are starting to uh as a group, we are yeah. we are we are homebrewing together from the safety of our own homes. <laughs> <laughs> and just getting a little bit of that uh that group think going and getting some extra perspectives on things that we otherwise would not have done. And the biggest thing for me is just the willingness to go, you know what, I should update this deck, I should take this out, I should throw this in. Because my usual tactic is to just build 
an entire... Oh, T just messaged, what up, hive mind? <laughs> That's what he sounds like. He's, he's, with, us in, he's with us in spirit, he even while he's on a, dad duty. <laughs> yeah, he is, he is dealing with his daughter, but uh, the hive mind needs to know. He says, <laughs> what up? <laughs> um, but no, I'm I'm of the mindset that once my deck is sleeved, it's done, and then I'll just make a new deck. But the problem is, I've been collecting magic for over two decades now, and I have so many cards. I have like 60 decks. I have probably more <laughs> than 60 decks. Because I just keep making new decks. I don't tweak. I don't, like, uh, not tone. Though toning a deck is... <laughs> <laughs> you know the word I'm looking for, don't you? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't either. Like, my next thing, or my thing is, after it's done and I've played with it and I like it, I just go build something new. Yeah. And I don't even tear apart decks that I've had for a long time. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, do, they you just ever, sit- do, you, do you ever just love a shitty deck because you built it and you wanted it to be stupid and shitty and that was the fun for you? Have you ever played EDH with me? <laughs> hey, besides your Talrand not doing much for 15 turns or your uh, Nicol Bolas deck not keeping a black mana source, those seemed like okay decks. <laughs> yeah, those decks are a lot of fun. Um, uh, but, like, my Scorpion God deck that I just played, it can do some decent things. However, the entire deck was based on me sorting magic cards at my shop and finding Serrated by Skellion and going, man, this is a bad card because it's an artifact creature. It's a 2-2 for 3 mana. It has the ability, tap, to put a negative 1, negative 1 counter on Serrated by Skellion and a negative 1, negative 1 counter on target creature. So it is it is a 2-2 for 3, which isn't good, with a tap ability, so it has to be out for a full turn, that kills itself and another creature maybe hurts two creatures while it kills itself. That is a god-awful creature, and I decided to theme an entire deck around it. <laughs> and it worked. It, it is a very slow and constant board wipe effect. Very early. I should have held off on the... Because uh, I cast... Um, uh, let me find it real quick here. Soul Snuffers. Uh... 3-3 three, three for 4 in black. When Soul Snuffers enters uh, play, put a negative 1, negative 1 counter on each creature. And if I haven't mentioned this, Scorpion God is my commander. So every time a creature with a negative 1, negative 1 counter dies, I draw a card. So I get I get some decent card draw in red and black, which you don't normally see. Because uh, black is tutors and red is exile the top card of your library. Hope it's a good one. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and... <laughs> And getting decent card draw in those colors is fun, but the the fact that the deck just slowly and continuously drains other things while it's doing that makes it more enjoyable, in my opinion, um, up against Tej's, uh bolstering plus one plus one deck. It was just a weird matchup because it's the uh, immovable object versus the irresistible force, and Tej got there because his deck is finely tuned. Yeah, um, you know, for him to tell us, uh, this is my worst. This is my worst deck. <laughs> Isn't um, that just a kick in the whatever genitals you may or may not have? Yeah, just- I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Especially because I mean, so I've only played that Tower Run deck once before, and I was I hit everything I needed every time I drew a card in that game that we played. Okay, um, I had that. 
I had that elixir early, which let me just keep reshuffling my graveyard into my deck. Um, I got out enough creatures where I could just keep recycling them with like synthetic destiny and things like that. Um, and then Aminatu's augury was just a, uh, I got to cast that like three times and it resolved. And there's not much, <laughs> there's not much your opponents can do. If you can resolve Aminatu's augury three times in a game. Um, and then I, I ended up having the archetype of imagination, which gave all my creatures flying and grounded all of yours. Uh, and then I also had gravitational shift. So creatures without flying get minus one, minus one, and creatures uh, with flying get plus one, plus one. So I was how, able to just buff the hell out of all my stuff. How much have I been drinking? Was that tonight's game? No, that was when we okay. played. God, dude, we were still living in Mequon when we <laughs> okay. played that game. Okay. I haven't played Talrand in months. Okay. Because um, you're, you're saying all these things you did, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure you just played Islands and then had like <laughs> three Drakes. But again... I made this drink way too strong. Yeah, no, 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 no. Tonight, tonight, I, uh, I, I had, I was starting to build up to what I wanted to do. So I had like synthetic destiny in my hand and a guile. So I was getting to where I was going to recycle stuff. Oh, okay. uh, but then he, he, he swung with that three, three infect. And I thought, okay, I can take that. Well, I have to actually, because it's got protection from creatures. And then he buffed it with, uh, whatever strength of Oak or uh, whatever that card was. Might uh, of that Oaks. Green buff target create. Yeah. Might of Oaks target creature gets plus seven, plus seven. My yeah. favorite flavor text on any printing is guess where I'm going to plant this. <laughs> Cause Classic. I think, I think it's the seventh edition art is a giant that has uprooted a tree and is, being be- very uh, persuasive with it, right? Um, yeah. So then he knocked. He one shotted me, which was yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And then he one shot you the next turn. So yeah. it was like, okay. See, and that okay. And this is your worst deck, huh? To you? <laughs> <laughs> well, and and to that end, there are there are two. Well, technically, there are three schools of thought um, when it comes to infecting commander. The first is. Hey, you you may have double life, but you still have to deal with creatures and attackers and blockers. So 10 is still a fair amount because it's a specific ability to specific creatures. And it is worded as such that the game rules say when you reach 10, you lose. So therefore, it is fair even in a, lar- a larger format game like EDH where you may start with 40 regular life that 10 10 infect will still kill you. Then there are the, hey, 15 is more reasonable, or 20 is the third school, because 20 is double resources in EDH, uh, you should double the infect. 15, I know, is a home uh, house rule in some situations. Yep. Um, I do think that, yes... Because of the limitations of Infect being linked to creature damage, that it should be lower, or at least it shouldn't be as modified. However, 15, I think, is more reasonable, not based on the ability of Infect by itself, but the resources available in Commander make it so much easier, like Tej hitting us with a pro-creatures 10-10. Right. Infector, yeah. Being able to one-shot two players back-to-back with a single creature because of additional resources, I think should be taken into account for the the rules of the game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's a very good point. 
Well, uh, then there's no argument and discussion. We've no, solved it. Uh, we've said it. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has decided. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it was a really fun night of EDH. Um, I mean, when we were talking about playing tonight, you know, my first thought was, oh, I haven't played my Darien deck in a long time. And then I ended up going still with not uh, my Nickel it. Bolas. What's that? I said still not playing it is what oh, you ended up going right, with. Right, right. Still still in the box, actually, uh, from when I moved. Um and and I went with with my nickel bolus discard deck instead, and then decided to play Talrand after that. So um, I'm still itching to get Darian out. Uh, I just know that like so, Darian uh, and Danatha, for instance, uh, those decks of mine are are they're, they're budget builds, right? So I know they're not going to hang with Tiege builds. <laughs> there, <laughs> you know, there um, are some budget builds that can still go with the finely tuned. Well, op- yeah, my Talrand deck is only like you know 90 bucks or 100 bucks and that yeah thing can that, hang. Um, that's that was your cheapest one that wasn't uh popper or curio right when i was looking right. at your deck lists on architect yep yep and uh it was really fun to have those constraints because i mean um you know there are people who play Talarin straight counter spell uh Talarin, uh you know so there's <laughs> yeah. like force of will and all these other oh. super expensive counter spells um in it, uh, but you know, I don't have any of those in here. Um, I have a counter spell and I have a cancel and a foil. You know, there's a couple counter spells, but they're all common or uncommon. Um, okay, okay. You know, counter spells. Really, what I'm trying to do in that deck is just constantly draw cards to get the few pieces that I need to just get to where I can now recycle the entire thing turn after turn. Um, and then, you know, like Guile helps me a lot because it helps me be choosy with my counter spells because Guile lets me. If I counter something, it gets exiled, and then I can cast it uh, without paying its mana cost. So now it's mine, hmm. um, you know, which is which is fun too. So uh, I'm sorry, Guile is a Street Fighter character. <laughs> yeah, right. Not a not a magic creature. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about in this context. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was just fun to you know. Last week um, we. Did we even play EDH last week? I don't think we did. Uh, no, we didn't do anything last week. Yeah, we didn't. Something came up, and we couldn't do Friday night. And then we were going to do uh, different. I don't know. We couldn't do it. Whatever. Something happened. So Your internet went down yesterday when we were supposed yeah, to Yeah, so play. we couldn't even play yesterday. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Spectrum. Oh, man. I almost, <laughs> I had, I almost took a picture and sent it to you guys. Uh, we were feeding Lucy in the living room today at like 5 o'clock. And uh, the Spectrum van pulled up to my neighbors, and I'm like, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, not two days in a row. I almost sent a picture to you guys, but I didn't want to jinx it. So (laughs) That's fair. Um, Yeah, my internet service went down two weeks ago, but mine was only, or no, last, it was a week ago, but it was over the weekend, and it only lasted for about an hour. Which, yeah, being being primarily stuck at home due to pandemic and then not having the internet at all. It's awful. Holy crap. Like, yeah. I started churning butter, and I had no idea how to do that because I couldn't even <laughs> Wikipedia how to friggin' start it. I just how do you knew. Turn? I just knew instinctively my pioneering skills. My 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 youth of Oregon Trail kicked in, and I killed <laughs> 6,000 pounds of buffalo. Couldn't carry any of it back. <laughs> <laughs> All gone to waste. Totally oh, not what we were taught. Ugh. <laughs> oh. Uh yeah, so we were going to talk about uh, my Mogus deck tonight, but we're pivoting since uh, Tej got called to action, and yes. we're going to talk have, about. 
I have two subjects that I would like to bring up to de- to derail whatever it is that we were supposed to talk about initially, and then we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Because I like having full discussions with Teach here when we're doing, you know, more universal stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but based on my what have you done this week, Chanel, magic related, um, I am still in the process of working on my, I'm calling it the, ju- the, the Jumpstart Commander Cube. Oh, yeah. And I need four four partner commanders of the 15 yet. I've started building around them, but I don't have the physical cards. And over the past week, I went to two... I contacted two different LGSs in your area, because now you're closer to closer to me. Um, and due to pandemic, I messaged ahead of time going, hey, do you guys have these four cards or any idea, you know, yay or nay, whatever, time saver, contactless, whatever. And one of them didn't get back to me, but I was in the area, so I just stopped in and looked around. Didn't find them, but I did buy a foil Thelon for my uh, Sapperling deck, which I haven't put in there yet because nice. I haven't played that one for a while. Uh, and then I bought some Jumpstart packs because he had them. <laughs> but, that, that's a funny story too. <laughs> yeah, two of the friggin' Spellslinger red packs out of three. That is not a funny story. <laughs> no, that that's, is a, Schnell, that's a that is Schnell losing. That is Schnell losing money when he shouldn't be spending money to begin with because he, like an idiot, is spend or getting a twelve hundred dollar Chandra statue for if and when the store reopens. <laughs> Hey, you never know when you're going to need that. You don't know when I don't need or do need <laughs> a life-size $1,200 Chandra Nalar statue. It is I important agree. that I have one just in case. Yep. You know, I need a planeswalker in the middle of the night standing in the corner of my bedroom. <laughs> and nobody tell my wife that I'm putting a life-size planeswalker in the corner of the bedroom. <laughs> She can learn organically. It's important right. that she finds out on her own. It, um, it is. So, um, but I stopped. I stopped in there just because there were no cars parked outside, and I'm I'm taking the COVID situation very seriously because I got to go to the funeral of a former customer that was COVID related yeah. two weekends ago, and that was rough. That yeah, like I wasn't super close with the guy, but I knew him. I was I was friends with several mutual friends. I had talked to him at some of the local conventions. I know his brother very well. It was it was shitty and I don't want to do that again. So I'm no. I'm doing my best to maintain distancing to when I do, you know, magic card deliveries and everything else like that. I'm always, you know, trying to as con- little contact as possible. So when I stopped in at the uh, the game store that I did, it was because I knew the owner uh, somewhat personally, I've had some decent encounters with the guy, and because there were no other vehicles there, and it was literally just him in the shop painting miniatures behind the counter, which I absolutely appreciated. Um, but <laughs> then the other game store in your town, I contacted them and I said, "Hey, I'm looking for these four cards. Can uh, can you can you let me know, yay or nay, if you have them?" And I got the generic response of, "We don't inventory our cards." You're free to come in and wander through the commission or the consignment case or the binders. And I don't want to go to a, you know, the next town over and rummage through random stuff hanging out yeah. in the store, fondling fondling things. 
I was hoping for a yes. We will we will peruse real quick. We'll let you know. They just wanted me to come into the store, and I do not want to do that right now with everything going on. So I that left a real bad taste in my mouth, and I'm still like four days later, a little bit angry about it. And now yeah, I'm gonna have to. And now I'm, I'm gonna pretty have to order surprised. Those cards I mean, online. they're a they're a decently staffed store. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't just have someone take a look. I mean, it's yeah. Not that and I even I even because I I messaged them online and I said, hey, you got these cards? And they went, no, you can come in and look. I'm like, well, I was hoping for sort of a minimal interaction, contactless sort of thing, and then I just got the generic thumbs up response. And that's what kind of set me off. Like, fine. That's re- that's insane. I wanted I mean, not four- even a yeah, yeah. not a yeah. hey, sorry or whatever. It's just eh, thumbs up. Well, and you know, I mean, stories from you and other people, um, even before that story, are the reasons I go to the one you shopped at over the one you didn't go to. Um, <laughs> you know, just because of yeah. stories I've heard about uh, some people over there. So. Um, I, I totally get it. Um, and the one that's, you know, right by my house now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. And I even asked the guy, cause that's where I bought my double masters from. Oh, okay. So, so I, uh, it was right after we moved, uh, the, the Monday after we moved in, I went there, um, and, and picked some stuff up from him and, you know, asked him like, uh, you know, are, are you guys, you know, what night do you normally do your EDH league? Like, what do you guys do? And he just said, um, you know, I, I don't know what it's going to look like going forward. Uh, you know, we're not even planning for anything yet. Uh, just, yeah. you know, telling me how serious he's taking everything. You know, there's absolutely no play in the store. Uh, he doesn't want any more than four or five people in at a time. Everybody has to have a mask on. Oh, yeah. Um, and he said, you know, it used to be Monday night was EDH, you know, that's what he's looking to do going forward. But he's like, you know, it might not be for another, you know, year or two, yeah. um, depending on what happens. And, you know, I just told him, I said, I really respect uh you putting you know yourself your family <laughs> and your and your customers um you know before profit yeah um you know and respecting you know people who are taking it very seriously so you know I, that definitely was like okay this is a place that you know i will continue to uh to patronize because um you know this guy's got everybody's best interest in mind yeah and I, that's the kind of person i want to do business with so and my question that i'm putting forth to both you and the listener is how much is too much to expect from your local game store amid this pandemic? Whether or not your area is being affected greatly or not greatly, there are more and more hot spots popping up, like especially in Wisconsin, which we didn't yeah. really get any anything until I guess later in the COVID season. Right. Which is, yeah, weird times. Um, but now uh, our our infection rates have been going up over the last, I think the last two or three weeks now. Yep. Our numbers have been going up and several, because we're, uh, we're, we're right along the lake, several little small towns, decent sized, you know, areas, not super, not super um, non-rural. What's the word I'm looking for? Not densely uh, not populated. Not super urban. Yeah, urban. That's it. Keith Urban. Uh, (laughs) um but no we haven't been affected as much and a lot of people aren't really taking it seriously and that's causing some of the greater numbers and whether or not you you know have opinions one way or the other is it unreasonable in anyone's opinion to expect a game store to go hey uh listen we're busy right now but can we check in the next hour or two for four magic cards for you 
if the store sells magic cards. Yeah, right. I mean, I I don't understand, you know, uh, how, how why much, you wouldn't give yeah, that service. How much is too much to ask for? How how low should the Barbie set on the other end of that? Because, like, if I have a deck list and it's like a hundred cards, I'm not going to go. Hey, I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in your area in thirty minutes. Can I? Can you have these cards ready for me? But. Right. Four four magic cards with an open ended like, hey, could you check at some point? And just the hey, you're free to stop in and check out. Well, I don't want to stop in and check out because you're people and people are disease carriers. Well, and it's not like they're cards from from you know, or or, or cards that have been reprinted in like oh, ten yeah. different sets, right? You know what I mean? Like these are very specific yeah. um cards. It wouldn't take that long to look through your I mean your shit's got to be organized, right? So it wouldn't take that long to look through it and just say, uh, yes, we I've, have it, or no, we don't. I have stopped at some stores that... Okay, I I think when I had my shop, I might have just spoiled everyone. Um, but I've stopped at a couple of stores throughout Wisconsin, and there are a couple that just go, yeah, we keep all our magic cards in the box over there, and they just gesture at a corner with a couple of boxes piled up and just literally no rhyme or reason it's just guys hanging out shuffling <laughs> through random cards um i stopped at a shop in beaver dam once and just went yeah i'm looking for all of your sphinxes and the guy's like i'll help you look because i have a rough idea but it wasn't like okay here's this binder for this set and here's this box for this sure. other set sure. it was Okay, well, they're going to be rares. Rares are in this box, so I'm going to get you. And there was at least some system to it. And I had a very obscure request, but it was my birthday, so I needed more sphinxes. And my wife You're was damn right. My wife was literally driving me around for stuff. And one of the requests was hitting up at least three different uh, game stores outside of the county, so I could buy more sphinx cards for my collection. That's impressive in Wisconsin in December, by the way, because <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Oh, God, no. It could yeah. be 70 and sunny, or it could be <laughs> negative 20 and It a could be 70 and somehow still a blizzard. True. That is Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, my God. My favorite weather is lightning snow. That Yes, that is the best. That is a There's new nothing. one as of late. So, uh, but yeah, something to think about, just the quality of service and especially game stores that... I don't know if it should be considered going above and beyond, like, finding cards or at least giving you a rough idea to minimize your contact and exposure with them and their staff. Um, but that was one of the things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, when you set out to build a deck, do you have a budget in mind? And if so, what is that budget? Because a lot of the decks that I've been uploading to Architect right now, with exceptions, obviously, but have been around four hundred dollars. Seems to me seems to be my default price for an EDH deck. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I what think... What do you personally? How do you budget personally for your Magic and your EDH and your and your fun times? I think I start out um, without thinking about money right so i'm going to build the deck the way i want to build it and then i'm going to look at i'm going to pull a list together and then i'm going to look at prices i'm going to look at stuff that i know i have so i don't have to buy it right and then i'm going to look at stuff like so for instance you know um everybody and their mother who has you know copies of force of will play play them (laughs) in their blue decks in edh and i never had one 
and I never wanted to spend a hundred dollars on it. Um, but I was lucky enough in my, in my double masters box, I got one. So now it's like, okay, well now I, I can use this. So there's some stuff that I'll pay for like vampiric tutor. I bought one cause I wanted one and I knew I'd use it in multiple decks. So I have the one, I just need to print off some proxies for like other decks. <laughs> so I don't have to move it around. Uh, sleeve, um, sleeve the decks in the same sleeve. So you can swap cards that way. Oh, that's smart. I should because do that. proxy proxies are one of those other things where it's I don't I don't imagine I I don't want magic to be a pay to play, but at the same time, I think effort and luck should be rewarded because it is a collector's game. Oh, I don't proxy anything I don't own. Um, but even but even still, um, I I've I've been annoyed at a player. Who ran? I forget which. Which I don't know which uh, uh, Eldrazi it was, but he basically said before we started playing, "Listen, I run this card in every deck I play, but I only have one. So if I draw this filler card, that's what it is." And oh, I just that's got, annoying. Yeah, especially like, if you don't clear don't... it. Especially if you don't clear it before you start. You know well, what I mean? Not even that. Running the exact same card in every single deck because it's colorless but it it was i think it's like a 35 45 dollar card across six different decks don't don't do that well run it in one also deck. like what what fucking card do you need to put in six decks like that like what eldrazi is so, that important I, I don't know if it was a cosmic or an, i think it was an emerald yeah, Honestly, I mean, but, but why? Why? The, why just play, know, play the one deck with on it the in sub- there. On the subject of proxies and where do you where yeah, do you draw yeah. the line? There, uh, on one of the Facebook groups I was perusing for EDH Commander stuff, uh, there are the no, don't proxy anything because if you don't have the card, don't play it. And that I I don't want to be that guy telling somebody that no, you can't afford to have fun. Sure. But yep. then on the other end of the spectrum there are people who go, "Oh, here's a website to a or here's a link to a Chinese website where you can get any magic card you want for $7." <laughs> just, yeah, right. And, and I looked you know at what? that for a while and I'm just like, "God, this is really tempting that I could get any magic card I wanted for $7." Yeah. But if I don't have the card, I don't want to play the card. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and I think this would be even an interesting, like, deeper discussion on a different day because I don't want to get too far away from what you asked me about, like, how I build my decks and stuff. Well, but I mean, um, it's like bud- budgeting was kind of kind of sure, the impetus for this. Sure. So I guess to go back to what I was saying, I don't really have, I don't always do it with a budget in mind unless I know that I'm trying to make a popper deck because then the budget kind of builds itself because you're only doing commons or uncommons. Mm -hmm. There's a, you know, a few one-offs that are pricey, but usually they're not. Uh, Or if I'm trying to make something budget, um, you know, so I am going to use cheaper cards, right? Um, But like... When I had the idea to build that Bolas deck, for instance, I knew I wanted what I wanted to do with it. I wanted him to be the commander because I pulled him um, from a core 19 box. Uh, <laughs> I was going to see. It's like because I pulled him from a and I'm like, if you name the wrong set, I'll, I'll be like, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I pulled him from that box, uh, the booster box I bought of that and was like, OK, well, I'm going to build around him and I want to make it a Grixis discard deck because I love I've always loved playing hand disruption and it's just fun for me oh yeah and so 
then I just kind of built the deck on that. And there was a lot of stuff. Um, and that ended up being, I don't know what it was at the time, 700 or 800 bucks. Um, you know, and I was like, wow, I don't think I'll ever build a deck this expensive. And then I had the idea, wait, I want to do my attracts a deck and I want to do it extremely narrowly themed. (laughs) Um, and so that ended up being $1,400. Yeah. Uh, And I think I had to purchase, I don't know, three quarters of that deck. So that one set me back pretty big, um, between trade-ins and, um, and, uh, actually buying the cards I needed. So, you know, I, I, I guess um, I don't really think about it. Normally what I do when I start deck building is I think of something I want to do um, and then money comes in later. So for example, okay. the, the deck, the most recent deck that I built um, would be the Mogus deck. And I, this is the weirdest thing because who knows how this deck is going to end up evolving. Um, <laughs> I'm really interested to hear what you guys think too, uh, because was it you or teach who proposed, who said, you know, um, you were even thinking about alternate commanders for it. Oh yeah, that was that was me just because Yeah. So I I, I half jokingly led with okay, let's start out by just fixing your fucking deck by not having Mogus anymore. <laughs> That's right. I was being an ass, but then I actually looked up and right now on because uh, I've got uh deck builder on my phone and I think the active file I've got for decklist and sideboard, the decklist is my listed suggestions, and the sideboard is alternate commanders that you could run because maybe you don't want to run Mogus at all. Right. Well, and so I had the idea where I was like, oh, Mogus is kind of cool. Uh, I really like the art. I, I like what he does. Uh, he's all right. But for whatever reason, I wanted to use him in conjunction with Mind Crank. I don't know why that popped into my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I need to make some sort of some don't, sort of oddball mill deck, and this is tell, how I'm going to do it. Don't tell Tej because, and uh, I I don't want to I don't want to hurt your feelings. Mind crank is on my list of cuts. That's fair. That's fine. <laughs> it doesn't need to be there. There's no it reason for it to There's be there no other than it's literally reason. the first fucking. If card you are, if you are again, my my deck that started with by Skellion, I get it. Picking a stupid card, you just have your pet card for that deck, man, and running with it. Just going, yep. oh, what if I built an entire stupid deck based on a stupid card, especially one that I never have cast in all the times that I've played the stupid deck? Yeah, well, and 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 I've also never in all of the games of Magic that I've ever played in my life, I've never cast a mind crank to begin with. So. <laughs> yeah, my you advice know. is if you're going to go mill, go mill. You can't throw in a little bit of mill because if you're not going to win that way, it's just a little bit of an inconvenience. Well, if, right, especially in EDH when there's you know oh, 99 card decks. I mean, yeah, come on, yeah, you've got. Th- Potentially three opponents and 85 cards per player to deal with if they're not drawing too much extra. Yeah, exactly. Um, So like I said, I'm interested next week when when we talk about that. But that's kind of of how it is. I don't really think about it much at all. And I think you would see that. um, You know, like I thought it was interesting when you... (laughs) When you were kind of... I don't rep- think about it, and you'll see that when you go through. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, you, yeah, no, you no, went no, through, it's... and you were looking at prices uh, for for your your decks, my decks, and yeah, TJ's decks. I was curious. And, you know, yeah, you were looking at them, and I think I'm pretty all over the place. <laughs> um, you know, as far as cost goes, 
Um, obviously, Atraxa being at the higher end, uh, that Kozilek deck is um, also pretty oh, pricey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think that's like eight hundred bucks maybe. Um, but again, like Double Masters helped, or uh, not Double Masters, uh, Ultimate Masters helped a lot with that, and so did the fact that I bought the hell out of like. Zendikar, World Wake, you know, Rise of the Eldrazi. Oh, yeah. like, Trying to get those goddamn uh, Chase Rare Expedition cards. Well, uh, you yeah, should but, I mean, see how much battle in, for Zendikar I have. Well, too. well, and and I wasn't even I wasn't even playing heavily when BFZ came out. I'm talking like way back when um, you were still working at my parents' basement, man. Um, uh, that was a, it was or Atomic, Atomic Games. Atomic Games. At Atomic those Games. Point. It was it yes. had already changed. That's right. But yes. you were still there, and because that um, was post two thousand five. Right. Right. Fifteen. Um, so we years had ago. God. Yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> um oh, the gonna, basement. Now i'm just gonna be R. sad R. sad drinking the rest of this yeah episode. i was gonna say <laughs> no i'm sad too all right we're cutting it show's done. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it we've had enough of this stupid reminiscing remember 15, <laughs> 15 years ago when battle for Zendikar came right uh but yeah no, i mean i the had a lot of stuff Zendikar. like so and, and the funny thing is too like i remember when those sets came out um for instance one of the first rare Eldrazi's that I pulled was it that betrays and it was worth nothing then. <laughs> and now that card's like what 30 bucks? I mean 20 it, bucks? It that betrays? Yeah. I let me check. For somebody it's, who sells magic cards, I should be more on top of prices. <laughs> but it's it's up there. Honestly, I've always and as as a as a store owner, past, present, future, I've always been of the mindset of there's scanner apps. It takes an eighth of a second to type in a magic card name. There's no reason to go ahead and price stuff at a single snapshot of its price. Because if somebody's looking for a card because it's going up, check the price when they're asking for it and see if they caught it ahead of time. Don't price something and then it, and then it drops because you're only ever hurting yourself. Yep. If you take, and it's so much work. It is so important. <laughs> That's true, too. Uh, right now, there is uh, It That Betrays TCG mid for the Zendikar versus Eldrazi. Uh, 1430, 1431 TCG okay. mid right now. I've and got the original printing, so it's probably somewhere around there. Maybe it's 15 bucks. then. Maybe I was off. Um, but, still, but still, it's a stupid card because it costs what? 12 mana. <laughs> Well, right. And actually, that's the card that won me the game two weeks ago when we played and I played Kozilek because it had Annihilator 2 and now you're sacking things that are now mine. <laughs> so, uh, the card that won you the game was the fact that everything in your hand was technically a counter spell. Well, that too. So go to hell on that yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Ko- Kozilek, uh, the I'm Great Distortion, I'm playing Colorless All great. Permanence, but I'm also countering your shit. I'm well, I don't want to play this goddamn game anymore. <laughs> that is how that story went. Speaking of cards that you put into decks that you never have cast uh, anytime you've played it, uh, oh, yeah. I, I still have not been able to cast all his dust yet from that oh, uh, I uh, Back when I got when in the before times when modern in person <laughs> was still a thing, uh, I, I have an Eldrazi Tron oh, modern yeah. deck that, yeah, I all his dust constantly in that thing. That card is fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah. How dare I... you have colors in your magic? Exactly. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'll learn ya. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. That's do do you do you go into EDH or any sort of deck building with a with a budget in mind, or is <sighs> that just kind of where you notice you gravitate towards? Uh, maybe unco- uh, uh, subconsciously. 
when I'm building an EDH deck, it is literally cards on hand. And almost every single EDH deck I've built has been from me staring at a card I'm currently holding, going, what can I do with this? And it was just weird to see that most of the decks that I have uploaded on Architect for EDH have been around the $400 mark. So I think it's a weird subconscious, like, the amount of things I'm willing to pull out of decks and put into new decks sure, kind of just reaches the same balance point. Because, yeah, you and Teach have decks that are individually more expensive than mine. However, I'm pretty sure I have more decks than both of you combined. Just because of how many stupid decks I've built over my... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You've got you've got a ton of them. Because EDH has been a thing since, what, 2003, 2004, I want to say? Something like that. Yeah, because it was around the time I was uh, I was in college, and... I don't know if I told you this or the listeners. Uh, at the University of Green Bay, Wisconsin chapter, uh, I I moved into one of the on-campus uh, apartment buildings, and the RAs always did weird themes for every. And this might be a UW thing. This might be every college thing. I don't know. I didn't go to every college. That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been drinking, so shut up. Um, but no, there was always a floor theme. And my freshman year at UW-Platteville, UW it was, like, racing. So, like, my name was on my door with an oil can, and I thought that was weird, but that was what the <laughs> RA wanted to do. Uh, my sophomore year, I didn't pay attention at all. My junior year was when I was in Green Bay. Or I was, well, I was in Green Bay at that point, and the floor theme was magic. And there was a giant construction paper godsire. That's awesome. On on one of the walls, and like as I was moving stuff in, I'm like, what is going on? Like, did they know I was coming? <laughs> they and, they've been preparing for you. <laughs> yeah. And my name was on my door with a red mana symbol. And I'm like, what is happening? But then my roommates were also mana symbols. And I'm like, do you guys know what this is about? They're like, we have no goddamn clue what this is. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, the next weekend... I brought up as much magic stuff as I could, and I took my 250 deck around, and I'm like, there's got to be magic players here somewhere, because 250 was the big, fun, casual thing that we were doing at that point, point. Yep. and I found a group of guys in the uh, in the common area, and they're sitting there playing, and I'm like, hey, I brought a 250 deck. They're like, oh, we're not playing 250. We're playing Elder Dragon Highlander. I'm like... What's Elder Dragon Highlander? <laughs> yeah, the what he what. And they explained it to me, so I took my sliver ED or my sliver uh, 250 deck and cut it down to one of everything and created my ver- because my very first EDH deck was a sliver EDH deck because nice. it was just an it was just a 250 deck that was trimmed down to one ofs. Was it and, uh, uh, Sliver Queen? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Ron Spencer, thank you very much. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, it was just that was the transitional moment back in college when EDH became a thing, and I still have a partially constructed 250 deck that will never see the light of day. But every single basic in there, going like all the way back, is foiled because you pimped out stupid crap for no reason, and foil lands were <laughs> dirt cheap back then. Now, 7th edition foils can buy you a goddamn car if you uh, find oh, the right shit. ones. No and shit. I got a few random curled ones in my trunk right now. <laughs> so I should probably do something about that. But 
Put them under a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them in. Uh, put them. Put them in a vice with uh, some some cardboard and two by fours or something. Everyone so, has their own own strategies. I'm interested um, to talk about this this deck brewing thing a little bit more. Oh um, yeah, and and I know that we're going to be running up on time in about 15 minutes, but um, I'm I, I'm just curious. Like, do you have um, an approach that you use, um, you know, pretty regularly or, or more often than not, or do you approach deck building from like just whatever idea hits you, whether it's a card or a combination of cards or just, I want to play these colors or like what, um, what makes you go, I want to build this deck. Well, let's, uh, we'll go back to the last deck I played, which was, uh, the scorpion God. Yep. And again, the, the, the driving factor for that deck was me going, this creature is really bad. I want to build around it because it's weird bad. It's not just bad. It's not a 3-4 three, three, vanilla for 6 mana bad. It's an oddly bad creature with an interesting ability in my opinion. And I had never built anything themed on negative 1, negative 1 counters. So I pulled that card out. I then looked for, because uh, usually I use uh, the decked builder, because it's uh, decked somehow past tense as a verb. <laughs> it is It is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Decked builder. Um, but that one, has, uh, I've used that search engine for a few years now. I really like it. It was one of the few apps that I think I paid for. And I think it was like two dollars, but I've for uh, for years and years and years, I'm like I will not pay for apps. And somebody's like, but it's like five bucks. I'm like I'm not gonna pay for apps. There's free versions of things. And I'm pretty sure I got drunk one night, and then I was having this discussion, and I got so pissed off at somebody. I'm like, you know what? Fine. And I I'll spent, buy it. Yeah, I spent the two dollars on the app, and it's a great. It's basically the Gatherer, but it has the ability to save cards into lists. That's all it is. I just so have I to say real quick, yeah. um, <laughs> before you go on, I'm going <laughs> to cut you off because now I'm thinking of favorite drunk magic memories. Oh, God. And I think, I think my favorite drunk magic memory is probably the night we went to, I don't know, was it like Corset 2010 pre-release or something? I mean, this was a while ago. And it was funny. So Tej and I worked together. Um, it was probably Rise of the Eldrazi, actually. Could be. Could be. Uh, we, we worked together at, at this, at this company and we had just been out at the company's like summer function or whatever. Um, and we ended up, we had, we had gone out to dinner and then we were bar hopping. And so he and I both were, you know, <laughs> close to tying one on and, uh, and at the same time, we're both, you know, we both tell the people we have to work with, like, oh, we got, you know, uh, I got to go, you know, I got something going on tonight. Um, you know, see you guys later, whatever. So we dip out, not telling each other where we're going. because it's embarrassing to the people you work with right exactly because he doesn't know and i don't know (laughs) that the other plays magic (laughs) and so so i walked down into the basement of um so i guess it was atomic games yes there was a game store in manitowoc for many many years called my parents basement and it was actually in a basement which was fantastic yes uh unfortunately the owner passed away and a gentleman from uh chicago moved up (laughs) bought out what was left of the inventory and reopened it as atomic games still in a basement so it was still awesome yeah oh absolutely um it, this yeah. place is like iconic uh in in manitowoc like for all the you know uh gamers and and comic book fans it was just the it was the game store um yeah. 
in the area. I mean, there was nothing else. Um, so, so anyway, I walked down the stairs into the basement, um, of what was then atomic games and I'm, I, I go to register and pay and I just hear, and I walk into the room. So you walked in and there was like the main store area. And then there was a back room that you had to walk into and that's where all the tables were. And that's where all the playing was done. So I walk in with my cards, my, my packs after I paid for them to go sit down and, and get ready uh, for this pre-release event. (laughs) And I just hear Tej yell at me, Nelson, you play magical gatherings. Just completely hammered at this point. Yeah. And And this was also, this was also like the defining moment because you you were there for pre-release. Teej was there for pre-release, and I was the employee at the time. Yes, and Schnell then is like, "Wait, you guys know each other?" Yeah, like, oh yeah, I've I've known Adam. He plays Magic, and I've known Nelson on and off for years through other mutual friends. Just <laughs> right? Like, oh, this is odd. Oh, it was hilarious. Uh, so then we that's that's like that's the big joke um now we refer to it we refer to it uh as magical gatherings and that's that's what it is uh but yeah sorry what you were saying just made me think of my favorite you know <laughs> no it's a good it's a memory. good it's a good friendly drunk story it, about magic players it's a it's a good one yes. um so anyway uh you you got you got hammered and you bought the app you like the app <laughs> oh yes 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 um, but basically, I'll use either the app or I'll use uh, MTG the Gatherer to look up keywords, key phrases, stuff like that, and find all uh, negative. By the way, thank you, Boolean searches, for making negative one, negative one counters one of the hardest things to search for in game. Oh shit! Right? Yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody with a uh, computer programming degree, make it much, much easier to find. But finding stuff with counters. Uh, as a keyword, but I'll I'll go that way and I'll pick a theme and then I'll I'll start scrolling through and finding cards and writing them down and basically I get to anything I have on hand that will help me build the deck and then usually I think I I kind of subconsciously give myself about a hundred dollars to go beyond what I currently have to get more stuff so I usually end up and it's always just worked out uh, to be about I'll find about $300 worth of cards, I'll make cuts, I'll buy about $100 more for a deck, because a lot of my decks end up being budgeted to about 400 And I don't ever do it consciously, it just sort of happens. Well, and that seems to be, I mean, that's a pretty solid sweet spot for EDH, right? I mean, yeah. your... Well, your... And, and I, like, I'm kind of curious to see if there's a correlation to, quote-unquote, power level of a deck... If something's truly optimized versus just a casual sort of thing, and then seeing if that equates as a you know one to one coral or one to one correlation to price of the deck, if you were to buy it outright. Yeah, no, that's a that would be an interesting um, experiment to, yes. to to do. Um, and if there is a university listening that would like to fund my research, <laughs> by all means. I mean, I would have to say, you know, I mean, I think I think that's part of where the really fun, like, variance of magic comes into play, right? Um, I'm trying to think, you know, like, I know there's some uh, CDH decks out there that are just, you know, oh, God. bonkers expensive, right? But, like... I'm so, so tired of seeing goddamn Karn stacks lists. Or not yep. Karn, Urza stacks lists. Urza stacks. Urza yep. stacks. Yep. Wurza. God, yes, no. Wurza, thank up. you. Um, no, so I, I just pulled up the uh, Archidec page for my Encyclopedia Phyrexia deck, my Atraxa deck. 
And right now, um, according to this is probably I think it defaults to Card Kingdom prices. Yeah, it does. Uh, so right now it's thirteen hundred and fifty-seven dollars and seventy-four cents with basic lands included. Okay. So that's a that's twice essentially. Um, you know my bolus deck and. We're talking four and a half times more than, you know, a $400 budget or almost four times as much um, as a $400 budget. But this deck is so, um, and, and like you said, you know, it, are they built for um, optimization? Are they optimized? This deck is not optimized. <laughs> this deck <laughs> is a pile of cards that I put a theme to and sometimes it works and sometimes it's it just doesn't do anything um everything is so expensive in this deck (laughs) um you know blightsteel colossus chancellor of the annex and the dross consecrated sphinx elish norn um jin gataxis uh carrick massacre worm i'm just like looking at these phyrexian obliterator you could even say just because it's four black mana um you know, some of the shit is hard to cast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so God, the deck, Obliterator can, the deck, is such a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, I love that card. Um, <laughs> that's why. Well, before I, I know I had talked to you because I bought the Garys that I needed from you. Um, well, before Gary was reprinted, but when I was oh, talking yeah, about yeah. trying to get into mono or mono modern. <laughs> Oh my god, it's getting late. Um, Have you when I wanted to get into modern, too? I wanted to do a mono black devotion deck with Gary and Phyrexian Obliterator, um, and you know because it was a lower lower entry price uh, into modern, and I like playing black, so yeah, um, I, I love Obliterator. But um, yeah, I mean it's just a Vorinclex is in here too. You know, I mean god, first of all, yeah. if you play a Vorinclex, people are gonna fucking hate you and not be your friend anymore. <laughs> yes. um, but uh you know that's eight that's a eight cmc too so the deck is either very clunky or if you can draw if you can optimize like you know get decent draws get some rocks especially like a chromatic lantern um the deck can win it's won before i mean attracts is a pain in the ass to deal with uh but you know again this can be very very clunky i would by no this was this was a pet thing for me because it's my favorite plane, you know, yeah. and I wanted to build around that theme. Uh, whereas a deck like um, Kozilek, for instance, is m- much more fine tuned, in in my opinion. Um, yeah, your Kozilek you know. deck is solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my like it like I've said, my average, my median, my mean, my mean deck value is about four hundred dollars. The outlier on that is my Karn deck which i oh my god yeah which, which is right now eighteen hundred and seventy one dollars this is a deck that i am purposely just putting in stupid expensive ver- like i have masterpiece ensnaring bridge masterpiece uh scroll rack masterpiece sword of body and mind and uh, just unnecessary uh I have four different wastes. I'm sorry. I have three wastes. They're all foils. I have a foil wasteland. Um, This was a deck that I started building. Isn't your grim monolith foil? No. Oh, Oh, God. I thought you had a foil monolith in there. My house would be much nicer if I had a foil grim monolith. (laughs) No, I I have the shitty 
non-foil almost three hundred dollar oh holy tea. shit i didn't realize the foil was 2400 bucks yeah <laughs> i don't have that but this was a deck that i had started building i think i think because i had read reread the brothers war and i just love the whole like storyline of artificers building dope ass machines to fight each other because i also fight with my brother so I'm just like that son of a bitch. He's totally a he's totally a Mishra. He's he's, he's the Mishra in the group. Even though I'm the younger brother, I'm Urza. Fuck him. And <laughs> I started building this deck before wastes were even a thing with Karn as the commander, which made it a pain. The mana base was so difficult to assemble pre wastes when you can't have colored mana, and then it's just become I'm going to pimp this thing out because most of my other decks are cheaper by default when i have uh let's see creatures 19 159 dollars that's not bad that's not <laughs> bad uh one enchantment at 12 dollars one sorcery at 15 dollars two planeswalkers at about 200 dollars yeah yeah it was the most expensive versions i could find of things i have the ugin's fate ugin i have a foil karn liberated yeah, you have the fancy the fancy Ugin. Yeah, that was I wanted to pimp something out so that I had something fun and expensive just to, you know, flex on kids. But then I also <laughs> have stupid shit decks. Uh like my five color artifact deck that I had built around the same time that I think also has a Grim Monolith, and it also has a uh uh Mox Crystal in there. Wow. Which at the time was like yeah, it's like twenty dollars for the cards. That's that's pretty fun. <laughs> now it's way more than that, and they're in really shitty decks. But <laughs> but really good cards. <laughs> yeah, expensive cardboard in garbage in garbage decks. Who is messaging yeah. me? Yeah. Um. Well, I do want to say, or I do want to touch a little bit before we close. Oh yeah. Um. You know, we can do a deeper dive into Zendikar Rising once it's like properly released um but there are a couple cards that really stuck out in my mind that are coming that i'm really excited for oh uh are there are there any that really stuck out to you um well first off i only saw one sphinx so it's going to be an okay set because there are sphinxes yep uh but i only saw the one um my question or the thing the, the, the deck that uh the deck the card uh, here, Legion Angel. Legion Angel is two white, two generic, Angel Warrior. It is a 4-3 flyer. When Legion Angel enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game and put it in your hand. So if I own, let's say, 60 of them, can I just cast one or two every single turn for the rest of the game? If I just oh. keep putting them in my hand, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, because it's not, or, it, or is it referring to only a sideboard? I'm well, okay, that's probably what it's going to be, wishboard yeah. style. But yeah. you know, that's still in casual play. Technically, are they going to put in rules for violating deck construction rules, or is it going to be errated to say you can't add more than four to your deck? In which case, I would still probably throw one in because it's, you know, Callblade 
esque, but with sure. an, with a big body, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But I mean, the benefit of Cobblade, I suppose, was thinning your deck. This doesn't thin your deck; it thickens your hand, which is a weird <laughs> expression. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, I that sounds just weird. <laughs> yes, I apologize to everyone listening for hearing me say thickening your hand, but. <laughs> But it thickens your hand. No, I'm I'm very excited about uh, the party mechanic. I think that is going to be very, very stupid, but flavorful and fun. Especially later when the D&D set comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is a weird crossover money grab thing that I don't think they realize they're, they're doubling down on the exact same audience. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Was just like, oh yeah, they're coming out with a D and D thing. I guess I'm gonna play Magic now too. Oh wait, I already play Magic and D and D. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're I, I like adding that. I like that to too. their market. With no, I don't either. All. Not much. Not no. with that. Um, I'm really excited for. So when I think of Zendikar, and I think of the original Zendikar, um, I think of all the black cards that I liked from that first Zendikar block. Um. Butcher of Malakir, um, Gatekeeper of Malakir, um, the uh, 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 Calastria Highborn. I love oh, yeah. that vampire. Um, you know, Soren Markov was <laughs> the first Planeswalker he, I ever got. He is your BFF Planeswalker. He, he's he's my boy. Yeah. So, of course, I'm drawn to the black stuff here. I love, love, love the new Drana. Um, I can't wait to build her into an EDH deck. So, Drana the Last Blood Chief is... Um, Three and two black, four four flying. Whenever she attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. Return that card to the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. The creature is a vampire in addition to its other types. Um, so she doesn't even have to deal damage. It's just anytime she attacks. Uh, I love that. I love that a lot. I think it's very interesting that uh, black now also, and we knew this was coming, um, but they have targeted enchantment removal now. So feed the swarm for one and a black destroy target creature or enchantment in opponent controls and then because it's a black card you lose life excuse me uh equal to that per- permanence converted mana cost so that's wow. awesome that really helps um blackout a lot um there's the new the new and improved vampire nighthawk i guess <laughs> the, <laughs> what, what were you calling it uh, uh i didn't even click i didn't even click with vampire nighthawk i called it the gargoyle the gargoyle that's it because yes, i'm like yes, oh, yes. it's like you know black gargoyle but it's obviously a lurgoyle effect right so it's a, a one and two black for a um one plus asterisk uh power and a three toughness uh, flying death touch lifelink and uh nighthawk scavenger's power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards that's pretty awesome uh in edh because you're going to get a pretty decent spread yeah um, well, and it's interesting that it doesn't affect it doesn't use your graveyard as all. Uh, I did think that well. was interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a decent limiter, we'll say on it. Yeah, yeah. So. And then there's there were um, uh, two other um, black cards that I wanted to mention uh the other one is uh one of the two is scourge of the skyclaves i'm really excited for this too i think it's interesting um 
it is an asterisk asterisk for one and two black uh kicker is four and a black when you cast the spell if it was kicked each player loses half their life rounded up scourge of the skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players i just oh, think that's yeah, a really that, fun card that weird goddamn thing <laughs> that yeah. is just a goofy 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 card <laughs> um and the other one i like just because uh of it, it, it's expensive, um, but it just hits on the whole D&D mechanic, and I do really love um, the artwork on it because it's just so cool and not something that you see in Magic cards a lot, um, is Thwart the Grave. <clears throat> wow, that was pu- <laughs> yeah. puberty. puberty. Puberty can be very rough in your thwart, 30s. Thwart puberty. Uh, you know, Thwart the Grave. It's a sorcery for four and two black. Uh, it costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Uh, and then again, your party consists, just like D&D, of up to one of each cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. Um, and then you get to return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you're getting two two cards back uh, for potentially two black mana, depending on what your, your board state looks like. So it can be pricey uh, or it can be pretty cheap, depending on your board state. So I just think it's an interesting card uh, that's playing with the new um classes and i also love the art on it so those are those are the ones that i want to talk about you know now like i said i kept it mostly to black just because that's that's no and that's and that's fair um looking at now i because we have the full spoiler it looks like yep yep um there are six cards for each color that are lands on the flip side Ah, yes. And if if you pick two colors at random and you run uh, four copies of each of those cards, that gives you 48 cards in your deck that are lands on one side and spells on the other. And I don't think it's going to work, but I'm going to try and run a deck that is all flip lands. Like, no basic lands in the deck just lands on the back of uh, 48 of the 60 cards and then four copies of whatever double-sided land go for that specific thing. So I can pick eight non-flip or non-transform cards. Sorry, Tej isn't here. So somebody's <laughs> got to correct me. Because uh, flipping is rotating at 180 degrees on the, I guess, two-dimensional axis or uh, three-dimensional axis. However mm, you want Sounds right. Well, okay. These cards transform like werewolves. Yep. They do not flip like the Kamigawa ones. Either way, I don't like the fact that they stuck lands to the back of six cards for each color and have flippy lands as well because that is a that is a discussion and a decision that should be made during deck construction, not during play. I agree. And that bothers the hell out of me. Yeah, I'm not too thrilled with that. Either. So much. I don't think they're going to be great, but they are going to be game changing, especially if they ever do anything like this again. It's going to be very frustrating because they are changing a fundamental aspect of the game because deck construction has always been the, the first step in playing. Whether or not you come up with your own thing or you're, you know, finding a list online, somebody else built that and did the math and calculated probability either consciously or subconsciously. 
and taking all of that out of the equation so that you can just go, I don't really need this spell right now. I could use a land. I'll just turn it around in the sleeve. There you go. Right. Yep. I'm not, I'm not a fan of that either. Um, at all. Um, well, is there any other like specific cards you want to point out? I do want to say that. So next week when we get together, like, obviously we're going to talk about, um, my Mogus EDH deck. But before that, um, I do want to talk about, there's some really cool legendaries coming in this set. Um, so I want to touch on those next week. Um, yeah. With, um, with the full group, but, uh, one of my favorite cards so far in this entire set, uh, is lull mages familiar. Yes. Yeah. Three drop two, three or two, four beast. Uh, whenever you cast a kicked spell gain two life, but it taps for a blue or a green and it's a blue green gold creature. I think a 2-4 body on a 3-drop that gives you ongoing effects from kicked spells, which we'll see if kicking is as good as cycling has been in the last uh, yeah in the last half of rotation, but I think it adds a lot to a deck, and at, honestly, uncommons are usually the biggest sleeper cards to look out for. I think yep. Lull Mage is familiar is a really good one in a lot of different formats, just because blue green has been getting more and more powerful over the last couple of years. Oh my God. This yes. last standard rotation has made it absolutely stupid. It's yep. nice to see Lotus Cobra back, but yeah, I agree. I don't think, I don't think we need it back in standard right now. No, it's, not with Uro running around. Oh yeah, we don't. Well, blue, and, blue and green. I mean, obviously, rotation's coming soon. But with Uro and Crassus both legal, I mean, yeah, there's so <laughs> much extra land drops. There's so many extra or so many like ramp abilities into control abilities in blue green. We don't need Lotus Cobra on top of the whole flip things and Uru and extra extra land drops in general. Right. I think, right. yes, thematically, it was a good card to throw in, and it's good to have a reprint because Lotus Cobra is awesome. But enough is enough with blue-green. Yeah. Let, like, let red-black be dominating for a little while. Yeah, right. I agree. Um, oh, I totally forgot. There is one other card I want to mention because it is going straight into... Um, Koslik, <laughs> and that oh, is Forsaken that, Monument. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that artifact. With the artif- set, with yeah, legendary Cthulhu. artifact for five. Uh, colorless creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Whenever you tap a permanent for uh, colorless mana, add an additional colorless mana, and whenever you cast a colorless spell, you gain two life. Yeah, this is going in Koslik. <laughs> yeah. No, that one's that one's really yeah. good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, was there any, any other ones you wanted to point out uh, before we uh, wrap it up? S- the last one I will point out is Skyclave Relic as just a better version of Darksteel Ingot. Yep, agreed. Because it does everything Darksteel Ingot does. It is a three mana artifact that is indestructible and taps for one color uh, or one mana of any color. However, it has kicker three, and if it ETBs and was kicked, create two tapped tokens that are copies of sky cleave relic clave relic sorry drunk um yeah that is just that's oh, dark sealing it which i th- probably put that one in almost every single deck or edh that runs three colors yep. or more it's a great uh, card not always in the two color ones but it's solid because it's indestructible and yes paying one more mana 
for an indestructible thing in a format that has so much removal and so much artifact hate. Uh, I mean, hell, Teach played a, a Viridian Corruptor Ugh. and basically set you back so far Yep. Uh, by popping your, um, what's it called? Uh, it was my Heraldic Banner. Yes, your Heraldic Banner. Which is banner. a key piece in Talrand. <laughs> giving, giving all your creatures a bonus and then some. Yep. Yeah, with the amount of artifact destruction available to every single color in EDH, having an indestructible mana source on top of your basic lands, so it's it's just better ramp, and then getting a better version of an already fantastic ramp card. Yep. Skyclave Relic. Yeah, yeah, there's some really cool stuff coming, and uh, like I said, we'll... Um We'll we'll do a deep dive into some of the other stuff uh, before we get into the Mogus deck, but yeah. Uh, so next next episode we'll have Teej, myself, and you talk about our our most excited for Zendikar stuff. Yes, and then we'll start tearing apart your stupid Mogus deck. Yeah, that everybody hates. I can't wait. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for you guys to shit all over me for an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, perfect. Well, we'll just wrap it up here. So thank you for. Uh, <laughs> pivoting at the last minute and getting uh, completely sidetracked on purpose yes it was fun i mean we we had an idea going into this and then it just completely morphed um even after we had to morph 10 minutes before we recorded because teach had to go so uh (laughs) it was it was interesting but it was fun it was a really good discussion uh so thank you for doing that and thank you to everyone uh who's tuning in and listening make sure you guys you know tell a friend rate review subscribe you can find us on google play itunes stitcher podbean iHeartRadio, anywhere you consume podcasts uh check out our, our social channel on facebook just search homebrew magic you will find us there um and yeah we're we're gonna come at you with more zendikar rising next time as well as shit all over nelson's mogus edh deck so until then don't drink and scry brought to you by rum and coke